Good morning, or good afternoon, or even good evening. Or, if you're listening to this in the dead of night, then good night. No, I can't say that in English and other languages alike. For some reason, saying good night means goodbye. So, just hello to you listening in the dead of night. Oh, that's inspired me to do a horror episode, yeah, or a murder mystery. That would be good. Yes, but today we are back with a bite-sized episode on positive news. Recently, in bonus episode forty-one, we had Stephen Devincenzi on because he hosts a great show called Send Seven, where you get simple English news on a daily basis in just seven minutes. The show covers all continents, and I've actually been listening to it myself for a few weeks now. Not necessarily because I need my news to be in simple English. I don't think, but because I don't really like listening to the news, especially mainstream news that has to be given the green light by the powers that be, which seems to always be the case in in my opinion.、Um, I don't mean to get my tinfoil hat out. This has been my feeling, especially since COVID, because that was a really good reference point for us to see how. The news really is so biased. During COVID, I believe that every country was fed—dare I say it—the word propaganda about how badly other countries were dealing with COVID, so that they could make their country more tolerable. And I get it. If I'm the government, I'm going to be trying to calm my people down by saying, "No, no, no, cut, calm down, calm down, guys. Look." I know we didn't manage to keep to our promises regarding the manifesto we swore to stick to if you were to vote us in, but, but look, 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 look over there, look and see how appalling life would be if you were to even contemplate leaving our great land. For example, I lived in Sydney, Australia, throughout the peak of COVID, and now that I'm back in the UK, if the topic of lockdowns ever comes up with a local here or people who were living here during COVID, they always say, "Oh my God, it must have been horrendous for you being locked down like that in Australia." I get that I'm just one person, and the majority of people probably had it much tougher than me because I have a job that could continue online through COVID. But I honestly. Didn't experience any of what these people are telling me went on down under. I guess maybe it did happen in one or two cases, and then what we often do is we see one bit of news from one country and assume it was that bad everywhere for everyone in that country. But the funny thing is, Australia—they were reporting how bad lockdowns were for other countries. I think that's a good reference point to show that mainstream news always has an agenda. I will remove my tinfoil hat now, but I still hold that opinion. Now that mainstream news always wants to paint their country in a good light, and after speaking with all walks of life since I started teaching over eight years ago, I've also come to appreciate how our history classes are all so so warped. I'd like to take a break from this episode to tell you that this show is funded by you, the listener. That's right, not through a charitable donation, but through providing you with two hugely beneficial learning resources. One is called the Academy, 
and the other is called the Premium Podcast. The Academy doors are currently shut until further notice, but the Premium Podcast is open for you to sign up to right now. So if you listen to this show regularly, uh, say once a week perhaps, and you want me to continue producing it, then I need your help because this is my full-time job. And I also want to provide free education for those who really cannot afford it. But if you are in a situation where you can spare £7 a month for loads of bonus podcast content, manually edited transcripts, and extended glossaries and flashcards, then I'd love you to consider supporting the show because that will give me a way to continue doing what I love to do and for those who really cannot afford it to get a free education. You can find out more by clicking the relevant link in the show notes of this episode or head over to thebritishenglishpodcast.com or download the British English Podcast app in your app store. Back to the episode. Take, for example, World War II. I know that in my history classes, and to confirm that was in England, we were taught, prepare yourself for this, that the UK won the war. Churchill won us the war. Fact. We were the heroes. And then the small print of it is that the Allies won the war, but the UK was for sure a key player in the diplomatic and strategic decisions that led to the ultimate defeat of you-know-who. But as kids, we don't remember that long line, we remember we won the war. And then after making friends with those cousins across the pond, transpires that the US won the war. And then, well, as I said, speaking with all sorts of students, they tell me that their country believes that they were the key player that helped the Allies win the war. And I guess this is possible because the national curriculum planners, they don't all get together like as if they're the UN and uh, come to an agreement about what to teach the young people across the globe. So we all have this within us, a foundational bias towards our own country through our schooling system. Of course, let the record state that this is just my opinion and you do not need to get upset about my opinion. I know that many teachers listen to this podcast. So I'm not saying if you are teaching history and geography and stuff, I'm not saying that you're teaching the wrong thing to your students. I'm just saying I think that we are human and we all tend to like to be on the winning end. And so going back to the news... I've been looking for an independent news podcast that keeps me in the loop but doesn't take much time to cover all four corners of the globe evenly. If this is something you would like to try, then after this episode, check out Send 7 by Stephen Devincenzi. So in bonus episode 41, we talked about a variety of positive news that had happened in the last 12 months as of that recording. And in this episode, we are going to be covering the much more important topics and give you the hard-hitting facts about the stuff we all need to know. I'm talking mammoth meatballs, unexpected health benefits to caffeine consumption, and finally, from toilet paper to touchscreens, how our bathroom behaviours have evolved. Let's dive into the conversation with Stephen right about now. So let's go for a random silly category or bulletin. I think I want the woolly mammoth meatball story. 
Can we load that okay. one up, please? Absolutely. Here it is loading. In Australia, some scientists have actually made a meatball out of woolly mammoth. And you might be thinking, hang on a minute, the woolly mammoth is extinct. And that's absolutely right. It was extinct, uh, I think, uh, 10,000 years ago or something like that. But they've taken DNA from the woolly mammoth uh, fossils, uh, bones, and they have actually created meat from the woolly mammoth. And they've, of course, grown it in a laboratory and they've cooked it. Oh. But they didn't eat it. I d- <laughs> they didn't eat it. Uh, in the stories that I read, they didn't eat it. I don't know why they didn't eat it. I think maybe it took such a long time for them to create it that they didn't want to destroy it or something. I think part of the reason that they did it was to try and promote the idea of lab-grown meat in general to kind of show that it can be done, that it's more sustainable than farmed meat. I'm not sure if they've been successful in that mission, especially because they didn't eat it themselves. <laughs> no, I've heard about lab-grown meat and I'm very excited about it because I heard that about 15 years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, it cost a million dollars to invest in creating one lab-grown burger and now they're selling lab-grown chicken nuggets in Singapore, I believe. So some countries oh, right. are already yeah. able to like profit off the product, which is incredible to think. That is incredible to think. Yeah, actually, I didn't realise, Charlie, that they're already selling it commercially somewhere. I'm going to look that up once we finish talking. There but uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. and is, that is amazing to think that it's come down in price that quickly. So there we go. The silly news article, Woolly Mammoth Meatball. You can imagine that would be a tough bite to get through. A bit of 10,000-year-old <laughs> DNA creating a meatball. You know, we've not tasted Woolly Mammoth. It might be, might be nice. And the amazing thing In about... In another 10 years, maybe we will. Yeah. And the yeah. amazing thing about lab-grown, there's not that feeling of like... I know a lot of meat eaters will disagree with me, but I sometimes feel a bit disgusted when I'm eating meat. I'm like, oh you naughty boy (laughs) for eating that like i know it's controversial but i won't have that guilty feeling at all with lab-grown meat right yeah absolutely yeah there's not been a conscious being there that your meat has come from so there's nothing to feel guilty about yeah and with this is not plant-based replacements a lot of people are like yeah i've heard of you know the impossible burger it's not that it's actual like the same it's the same scientific like molecular makeup right it's the th- it's the same thing yeah it is cells of an animal that are grown from other cells of an animal so it just uh, grows outwards uh, i think no no replacement it is meat it comes from a lab yeah brilliant i guess you could say you can have your cake and eat it is that the right way of saying it you can have your cake and eat it too yes right guys <laughs> uh, caffeine Apparently, according to this sentence, caffeine is good for you, which is music to my ears because I am addicted. Okay, good. Little caveat. It's good for you in reasonably small amounts. So from there's been yeah quite a few studies which have shown that people who drink a moderate amount of caffeine can have some benefits such as Uh, reduction of some heart problems, stroke, diabetes, even Parkinson's disease, 
a few different things which can be attributed to drinking reasonable amounts of coffee. And I thought, ah, oh, reasonable, what does that mean? So I've, I've looked that up, and apparently two to four. And I thought four is quite a lot, two to four coffees. That is <laughs> insane. I, I know, My, yeah, my yeah. father-in-law-to-be has five a day, and I think he's going to keel over any day with that amount. But apparently his yeah. tolerance has built up to that point. But yeah. that's another story. But I think, totally. um, yeah. I, I heard recently that two shots of espresso... I'm going to ruin it, but it's a lot more caffeine than a Red Bull. So if you're having two coffees a day with two espresso shots, it's a huge amount of caffeine. And I've only recently realized why I've had six years of insomnia. And it's because (laughs) I've been having a second coffee, just just two coffees, but one a bit too late in the day, about 2 p.m., 3 p.m. And it keeps me up. I'm a sensitive person to caffeine. But yeah, it's astonishing how we're getting so used to having a lot of it. But that's good news that if we take it in a sensible amount, a sensible measure, that it's it's beneficial for our health in many ways. Lovely. Yeah, I'm sensitive to caffeine as well. I don't drink uh, caffeine after probably 3pm as well for the same reason. Otherwise, it it stops me from sleeping or interrupts the the sleep. But yeah, a couple of caveats uh, again to stop people going, oh, great, I'm just going to drink loads and loads of caffeine. Yeah, there there are a couple of downsides as well. So if you are somebody who likes lots of milk and sugar in their coffee, that can take away from the good effects, of course. If you have too much, there there are some bad things that can come with it, like you can have an increase in anxiety and headaches. I've also seen that pregnant women should limit their caffeine intake even more. Yeah. But uh, overall, lots of good things there. And apparently... Even just having uh, one or two coffees a day can even improve your mood in general. I feel like that, even anecdotally, is proven fact. (laughs) Such a motivator. So you said about the milk and sugar, it takes away from the benefits. Are you meaning because you're having an overdose of dairy and sugar, you're then countering the the reduction in certain issues with your health? Or are you meaning... You're having so much milk that you're going to be... Yeah, lactose intolerant. Lactose, lactose intolerant. I'm not sure about the lactose intolerant thing. One of the benefits that I saw was about the possibility that caffeine is good for uh, preventing people from getting diabetes or generally decreasing the probability that somebody gets diabetes. And yeah, if you have sugar in your coffee, then yeah, that's going to take away from that positive fact as of course having too much sugar is one of the uh, reasons that people can increase their probability of getting diabetes yeah makes sense yeah definitely i don't have any sugar with my coffee so i'm a, a good boy with that one yay me remember that this episode just like every single other episode on this show comes with a free worksheet where you get to see some of the best native expressions that come up in this very episode along with definitions made for you a non-native learner i've even designed it so that you can play the podcast episode on the same page as the free worksheet it's super user friendly so head over to the britishenglishpodcast.com right now and check out the free podcast worksheets or simply click on the link that says free podcast worksheets in the show notes of this episode. Right. So the last one, almost everyone uses their phone on the toilet. 
That's an interesting interesting headline. I'm not sure where we're leading to it, uh, leading like (laughs) how how that's like positive (laughs) news. But I did just think... No, more just silly news. Okay, just silly news. (laughs) Just Just a fact. But it just made me think how we constantly share phones. Like, oh, have a little look at these pictures. And then you pick up somebody else's phone and you scroll through it. Yeah, it's good yeah. to have a bit of bacteria in in your life, but yeah. you're picking up somebody's poo phone, basically. Possibly, in in fact, some of the things that I was reading was also encouraging people because these surveys, you know, a lot of different surveys have shown that almost everybody says that they use their phones in the toilet. Yes, a lot of people places say that also we should probably clean our phones more often than we do. Because most people just don't clean their phones. And I've only started cleaning my phone properly since I read these articles. Because it it makes sense. It's something that we uh, pick up thousands of times per day, our phone. And we take it, take it everywhere with us. You know, we get in the train, get in a car, we put it there. We go and go to work, we put it down on our desk, whatever. You know, apparently we even all take it into the toilet with us as well. So it's it goes everywhere. And yeah, it's it makes sense that really it's something which is very dirty because it's being touched constantly uh, like this. And then we go and put it next to our faces when we're going to make a phone call. It makes sense that we uh, spend a little bit more time thinking about keeping it clean. Yeah. How often are you cleaning your phone these days? Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough more. No, because we just mentioned it now, I'll probably for the next two or three days, I'll start doing it every day again. <laughs> and then, then I'll, I'll forget because I'm human. I heard, well, so my, uh, my partner, she's very into skincare. And she said about this, you know, you're putting a disgusting thing next to your face. So you've got to clean that phone quite a lot. But I also heard how, uh, was it every McDonald's till or uh, like touchscreen, those new touchscreens, <laughs> Every single, yeah. no, not every single, this can't be true, but some, let's say some, have fecal matter on them. Like there's experiments where they, they test that and they can see yeah. there's fecal matter on it. But that obviously means it's fine. We can handle a bit of poo, right? Well, I suppose we must be able to handle a bit. It must yeah. be possible. I mean, but, if you can actually yeah. see a bit on there, don't touch it, guys, and don't <laughs> go near it. But I think we can handle a little bit of poo. What a, a great note to end on. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Right, yeah, okay. You can put that as the title of this uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> we can all handle a little bit of poo. But yeah, thank you very much for your time, Stephen. That was wonderful. Appreciate the effort that you went to in uh, creating that uh, list of news stories for us to focus on, to, to feel more positive about oh, well, our lives. Thank you, Charlie. And really, no, it's it's great to be able to just show some of the positive things that are happening in the world. Because as we discussed earlier, they're often slow burning stories. Don't make it into the uh, daily news streams. Yeah, it's good to be able to talk about them. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I would love to have you on in the future if you would be so kind. Until then, I hope you enjoy yourself in Canterbury. Thank you very much, Charlie. It was a pleasure to be here and I would love to come back whenever I've got some more good news to talk about or, or anything else that you'd like to, to talk about. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay, guys, so go check out his podcast, Send7. What's the, the thing that they should search for the, any podcast app? Yeah, on, on their podcast apps, you can search for Simple English News Daily and the internet, you can search for send7.org.
Nice. Yeah. And I will put those links in the show notes. So enjoy that. And I will see you next time on the British English podcast. Bye bye, Stephen. Goodbye, Charlie.